Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make Yes, we do think we can, and that's why we're here, and that's why we're talking, and that's why we have guests on these Tuesday programs so that we can better understand what's going on in the world around us and how we can be uh, awake and alert to what God is doing. You know, it's it's uh, every generation has thought that they were the last one, that uh, the Lord was going to come back for sure. And uh, I, I, the, the very first generation thought that. They all have thought it ever since uh, even the disciples of Jesus right up to today. And that's not because those guys were wrong, but it's because... Uh, that's the way I believe the Lord wants us to live. He wants us to live not not so that we're not focused on on the current reality, but that we have a we have a, a look forward. We are expecting the return of Christ. We are weighing and judging everything uh currently based on what could happen and and based on the eternal perspective that we have in Christ. And so we are we are told to watch and wait and be alert. And uh that's what we want to talk about tonight with our guests uh who uh we love having on the show, Paul Clark, one of the original pioneers of Jesus music. And uh, one of our good friends over the years has joined us tonight, and Paul has always had a prophetic voice. So I'm a- I've asked him to <laughs> to wax prophetic tonight. Let's talk about where are we at? Where you know where's the church at? And and uh, where do you think where do you think we're going? What 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 do you think? God wants us to focus on um, as we look at, you know, such a fractured world and a fractured church. Um, how how do you think uh, God is going to move in the next few years, and what do you think he wants us to do? Paul, welcome back to Blog Talk Radio, The Catch. It's great to have you. It's always great to be with you, John, and always great to be uh, with the members of the cast that listen uh, faithfully and also new listeners. I always enjoy, uh, usually I hear from four, five, six, ten people after we do our shows. Somebody will write to my website, and, and uh, we'll continue the conversations with what you cool. and I were doing. So, And I always love, uh, you know, for you radio listeners out there, you know, John and I get about 10 or 15 minutes of pre-roll, and it's, <laughs> we should be recording that because, like, that's it's already, like, 
the coffee's brewing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the pot's boiling and thoughts are flowing out. And we go, oh, yeah. just a second, I got to remember that. Oh, yeah, I got to remember that, too. Oh, yeah, I'm going to carry on the air. Make sure I remember that. <laughs> Two old guys yeah. are trying to make sure you remember stuff that we want to say. <laughs> well, let, let me, try and, put, let me so, try and put a little bit of context on here, Paul, because, you know, back in the Jesus movement, we were, um, you know, there, people were not really very positive about the church. Um, it was well, the institutional church, and they, they, they were – closed-minded in many ways and not open to the Holy Spirit and a new movement. So a, a lot of what happened uh, in those years happened outside of the church. It eventually worked its way in, but it was it was out there on the streets. Now, if there's going to be another movement coming, isn't it interesting that we have another situation? We have maybe not the church, but we've got a Christian subculture that no one's Absolutely. really happy with. And um, yeah. it's kind of gone south in terms of gotten political and gotten angry and hate-filled. And, uh, you know, you hardly even want to call yourself a Christian today because of what <laughs> people think a Christian is. So what, you know, I, I think if, 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 if God's going to do something new, I, I wonder whether it's the same deal. It's going to happen outside of that subculture. It's going to happen out there where maybe a lot of Christians won't even notice what's going on. What, what do you think about that, Paul? I think that's true. And I think it's, number one, I think it's biblical you bring that up, which obviously is we always want to launch our conversations from a biblical standpoint, not to just worship black right. and white pages. But we always want to make sure we're centered in Christ. Just before we came on the air, I was telling John, I said, you know, right now the world is sort of oscillating out of balance. I used to, I've ridden motorcycles my whole life. I used to tune my carburetor and my cam on my Harley Davidson by the word potato, 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 potato. That was the rhythm. But if you were to drive at that rhythm, it would be jerking you, jerking you, jerking you, jerking you. The thing is, when you put velocity to it and power, then it straightened out and, had, and gave you more power because it's thrusting. Just like if you go into a curve and accelerate in the curve. I used to race. As you go into a curve, you accelerate into the curve. It'll whiplash you at a higher speed than if you brake and then speed up again. So we live in a world right now that's oscillating out of balance and getting more out of balance. To say good is bad and bad is good is an understatement now. I mean, uh, yeah. without saying political or offending anybody, but, you know, when you see – the woman of the year being a man, and you see, you know, all, all these different things that are going on. People are coming unhinged right now with all the changes in our culture that are trying to press and mm-hmm. draw our attention. They're really huge distractions. I wanted to kind of start our time together today by saying one thing that I think is really important because you you hear a lot of people talking about the new world order or the new mm-hmm. uh, the economic world forum, Klaus Schwab, you know, these people. That's, that's all real stuff. These are real people that have a real agenda that are working. But to the Christian and to the true church, the body of Christ, I really want to encourage you and reemphasize this one fact, is that the, the, the concept of one world order is a counterfeit to one body of Christ. See, hmm. we're a fractured body right now. We have been fractured for a long time. I mean, all these denominations for hundreds of years, us. God's Jesus isn't coming back for 50, 50 brides. 
know, or 72 <laughs> virgins. He's coming for one body. And these people that have an agenda to make the world one world government, that's the spirit of Antichrist, which is not just against. You know, I learned when I was a brand new Christian that the word Antichrist just doesn't mean against Christ. It means in place of Christ. And that, mm. remember, it says the spirit of Antichrist. There is going to be an Antichrist, but there's a spirit of Antichrist. And that's what sparked this conversation today to happen when you and I were talking last week, is that I remember I was just saying, this is a spiritual battle we're in right now. It may yeah. be a techno battle or electronic, whatever you want to call it, but this is a spiritual battle. People, you know, without getting all theological here too long, uh, you know, demons need a person, like an alcoholic, needs somebody to free will to say, I'm going to take this drink or I'm going to inject that heroin in my vein or whatever. And addiction takes a person, a, a person with a will to operate. So let's say Johnny overdoses. Do those demons die with him? That's kind of controversial, but the reality is no. You know, these go somewhere else. These are, they, you go somewhere else. They went to the pigs. They came out of the Gatorade Brown Act and went to the pigs. I mean, these, they move on. They move on to find new recipients, you know? And so the, the, our wrestling match today, this is not new. These are not new demons that have been called up like, you know, the military to fight a, a fight against the new generation. These are well-schooled, second verse, same as the first, <laughs> third verse, same as the second. But these are, these, are, these are spirits and principalities and powers that have been around. This is not their first rodeo. They've been around this block over and over. Mm-hmm. You made the point right when you started that mm-hmm. every generation, hasn't every generation, of course, sort of had their Jesus is coming now moment? You yeah. know, yet he didn't yet. So, but I think that's why God, during World War II, wouldn't you think Hitler was the Antichrist? But yet, Israel wasn't in place yet. So, you know, there were, there were things that weren't quite in place yet, you know. So, who knows what's not in place yet, because we don't know all things. But I will right. say this. I do believe, in conviction in my heart, is that, because we've been 50 years ago in the Jesus movement, you and me, John, we saw the birth, I mean, literally came out of the ground, like, humidity in Missouri right now. We've had rain for weeks, and now all of a sudden it's 95 today, and the temperature outside is 103 index. You know, he had just coming out of the ground. You know, the humidity is just coming out of the ground. That's what's happening right now in our, in our world. Under this heat and pressure, it's just coming out of the ground. It's like it's like a, it's just evaporating, you know. And I think that's what we've, we've got to realize. Every I hope every believer listening to the show right now will remind themselves, this is not Democrat-Republican. This is not American, non-American, immigrant. The, the first and foremost battle is for the souls of men and women. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's, it's a spiritual battle. You don't fight. You don't take a squirt gun to a forest fire fight. It's, it's, we're, we're engaged in a war right now that's going to require spiritual weapons and spiritual yeah. power, not, not just it's okay to protest. I want to live in a free country, and I believe I'm a patriot. I do believe in in freedom. I don't want to live under a regime of, of uh, you know, being oppressed. But, but if it happens, it happens. i still be free. I know one of the sons of one of my best friends uh, is in prison for life right now. And he's one of the most free people I know. You know, I talk to him every Saturday morning. You'd think that he is just the happiest guy on the earth yet. He's not going anywhere on the planet. I fill him in on what's going out here on the street. He's, he's in a quadrant for the rest of his life unless he gets pardoned in some miraculous way. So, 
uh, you know, I think that people just got, we've just got to remember this is a spiritual fight. This is yeah. not flesh against flesh and blood. We're, Satan would love to have us do, and that's, in fact, that's the heart of Karl Marx, is to, you know, get two groups of people to hate each other, uh, set mm-hmm. things on fire, and uh, hang ten rich people. That was, that's how you start a revolution, you know? So that's that's exactly what Satan wants us to play into is that, like what you mentioned is this hate, 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 you know, and, and divide, divide, conquer. That's the way Satan works. He's always worked that way. Second verse, same as the first, like I said. Yeah, yeah. So, folks, folks, just remember, you know, Jesus wants one bride. The world wants one order. And mm-hmm. in our conversation mm-hmm. today, John, I mentioned that I was kind of I've been hanging out in a portion of script, two portions of scripture a lot the last year, really. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the Tower of Babel. Those two stories have just been on, like, my turntable, just playing over and over and over. You know, those two (laughs) stories are so relevant to us today because, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not compliers. They were not going to get in line with Nebuchadnezzar's plan. They did not comply, and they didn't care if they burned. They knew that they perished with the God they believed Mm -hmm. in. So... You know, and the Tower of Babel, to me, is what's happening right now. There's so much information, and disinformation, or I call it, that it's going to take just the slightest tip a little bit more, and we won't know what's going on. And especially just think of this, this simple, simple thought, if the powers that be turn off these cell phones that we're talking on right now, mm-hmm. and we have no signal. Do you remember, do you, do you remember your wife's telephone number? Do you remember where your mom lives? Or, you know, you know do you remember how to get the... Do you know how to how to get to a such and such house? You just use your you know GPS now. We yeah. used to know. Yeah. Remember when, remember when we first started doing concerts, John? Our instructions would be like five pages of a uh, somebody said, the promoter would send you. Turn left at the bridge, then go yeah. to the white farmhouse. <laughs> turn right there. Go a quarter of a mile and up on the right hand side. You'll see such and such, and there's a yeah, big yeah. tree that's still there. Turn left there and up at the long driveway, and that's where we'll be. Yeah, that's that's what GPS was back then. And yeah, people now have been we've been we've been untrained from that. We're desensitized that we wouldn't know how to get a hundred miles away practically, you know, to find water or food or anything. So these this technology that we are enslaved to, that we enjoy the benefits of, we're also enslaved mm-hmm. to could could really betray us. So it's the same thing. That's why we had to be on a sure foundation. I've talked too much. Ask your next question. <laughs> so well, no, that given all of this, what what do we need to be doing? What 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 are the what would be the priorities for for us today, in terms okay. of of uh, being spiritually um, prepared for uh, what's happening in the world? Well, I think of a, I think of a great verse comes to my mind that the Holy Spirit leads us today, as we always ask Him to. Ecclesiastes ten ten says, "If the axe is dull." One must exert more strength, but wisdom brings success. And hmm. wisdom is the, the opposite of what? Foolishness. Hmm. The world acts like fools right now. The, what's going on in our culture today is foolishness. We see fools, and it's accepted, you know? So what's the opposite of the world's foolishness? Is the wisdom of God. And how do we get the wisdom of God? We sharpen the axe. And how do we hmm. sharpen the axe? We submit ourselves to his grinding stone, his hands to shape the clay, whatever metaphor you want to use biblically, we we submit ourselves to, to his grindstone. Because if you go to go to chop down a tree, I live in, in all woods out here in Missouri, mm-hmm. 
And if I go out to take down some firewood for next year or two years from now, and I have a dull axe, guess who's going to win? Yeah, the tree. <laughs> I'm going I'm to whack and whack and whack, and all I really get yeah. to do is dent in the bark and, and getting part with you. And eventually I may take it down. But if you look at these pictures of these huge redwood trees up in Northern California back in the day, mm-hmm. you see two yohos from New Jersey with a big saw, like 20 feet long, <laughs> taking down a redwood. Yeah. You know, they worked at it very much, but they had a sharp blade. You can guarantee yourself that two to three times a day they kept resharpening the teeth on those blades, you know, mm-hmm. because they needed the sharp teeth and sharp, sharp saw or sharp axe, or they weren't going to get anywhere. And that's, that's why the, right now the church is so ineffective. We have a lot of dull axes that are leaders. I'm not, I'm not wow. negative here, but mm-hmm. they're not full of the wisdom of God. They're full of um, mm. worldly counsel on how to build something and manufacture something. And it's, it's successful. It's very mm. successful at building mm. something worldly and carnal that has a spiritual name on it. But it's certainly, you know, wow. as, my deceased first, as my deceased first wife used to always say to me, Paul, I know you're sincere, honey, but you're sincerely wrong. <laughs> and that's, unfortunately, that's where most people are living spiritually right now. They're just sincerely wrong because they're not full of the Holy Spirit. They're not being led by the Spirit that's been given to us. And what a yeah. great gift has been given to us yeah. to have yeah. the Holy Spirit. I mean, the promise of the Father. Hello. Here's those words again, people. The promise of the Father. Can you improve on that? Can you improve on the promise of the father? What child would ever think that a good father could, could ever be improved upon? I mean, you're a child. You think your dad is the bomb. You know, he's, he's never, he, I can, my dad's bigger than your dad. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's the father, you know? So we, wow. heavenly father, you know, how could we possibly go wrong with the promise, the promise of the father and the person of the Holy Spirit. He's a person. And that's what I think we need to keep doing, is sharpening our acts by God's wisdom, through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God that we've been given. Yeah. Yeah. The Word of God. Really important. Spirit of God. And uh, uh, you've mentioned that there... There are some yahoos uh, leading the church uh, right yes. now. We need to be careful um, who we listen to and who we follow. And uh, yes. I think especially if if this, what's going to be happening in the future is going to be outside of a lot of the, you know, the structures of, of religion mm-hmm. and of the institutional mm-hmm. church and even the subculture, yep. you know, we, we, we need to each be responsible for ourselves and for how, what, what we see so that we will make the right choices and, and we won't be sucked in. Yes. Um, you know, um, you're talking about outside and I mentioned before yeah. about in Genesis 49, you know, we're, uh, you know the promises are being doled out to the to the heirs, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. It comes to Joseph, comes to Joseph, and it says Joseph's bow will go over the wall. I find that no, verse no. very intriguing. Yeah, because uh, you know you think about it, what looked like as people have preached many good sermons on, what it looked like it was meant for evil, uh, throwing their brother in the pit and and him being hauled off to Egypt. 
ended up saving not only the nation of Israel from the drought, but kept the lineage of Christ alive, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's, um, that's amazing how that came from that. Right. And remember the Hebrews passage that, that uh, I'm remembering, we spent some time on this a few, few months ago, actually. And that was in Hebrews where Christ, was taken outside the camp. Remember? Outside the he, gate. He, yeah, that's he right. Was crucified yeah. outside the camp. And then I love this. Let us go to him outside the camp. Yeah. We we go to meet him there. It's it's not in not in the camp, it's outside. And uh, what boy, what's the significance of that do you think? I think that's uh <laughs> It's once again, it's anti-man. Uh, I say anti-man. In fact, huh. I could be wrong on this, but this is what I kind of say: politics is of man, prophecy is of God. Politics hmm. is man trying to make rules and make rules and regulations and make his own government to yeah. govern himself and dominate others, even. And prophecy is something that man can't do. You can't. I can't just conjure up something and make it come to being like God does. You know. When God speaks prophetically, it comes into being, you know. And uh, so I think that when you're talking about outside, the fact that's just reflect on our experience, John. When we didn't find comfort in the organized church, the denominational church did not accept the Jesus movement. We were outside mm-hmm. of the rules and regulations and what was deemed to be uh, proper. You know, in fact, that's a good word, I think, but mm. proper and, you know, Let's think about Jesus's life. If you follow the things he did, they're they're not proper in the eyes of man's wisdom. It's too cluttery, too dirty. You know, who wants to spit on people's eyes or, you know, uh, you know, do the things that Jesus did, which he did just once, by the way. You know, every time something good happened, he didn't tell his disciples, "Well, that was that's fantastic. Let's let's make sure we do that the next time we go to. Let's make sure we get a woman to well." Or, you know, you know, how many sermon amounts were there? There was one. You know, there was one sermon amount. Yeah. He's a one-off God, and that's why, that's why we can't, we don't know what's coming because He's going to surprise us. Hmm. You know, it's like we used to say, what we've said before in our other conversations. There, one day there wasn't any Jesus music, and the next day there was. And this is a good point to remind people that the counterfeit versus the real. Look at we were talking before the show started. I was saying that it's painful for me sometimes to think of the Beatles being a Trojan horse or a wolf in sheep's clothing because I love Beatles. So it changed my life. Music made me a musician. I went the next day and bought a drum set, just like Ringo's, and 52 years later, here I'm still doing the same thing, you know? So the reality is that, you know, those first two, three, four, or five albums were such teeny bopper happy, she loves you, yeah, you know, I saw her saying, all these bubblegummy, you know, simple two-minute songs, one minute, 53 seconds of baiting the hook with just happy love songs and, you know, Uh And then all of a sudden they dropped acid and they went to Maharishi Mashiogi and TM, wherever. We'd already swallowed the hook then. It was too late. We just followed them right to the, you know, the chopping block, you know. The, whatever they did, we did, you know, because they were, they were the prophets of the day, you know. Wow. I think that spiritually is the same place we're in now. I hate to say it, but we have, mm. we have pulpit personalities and Christian leaders that are all competing for that number one spot in the top ten radio plays, so to speak. Wow. They're all infighting, infighting, and trying to keep themselves afloat, but building their own scaffolding. 
to keep keep their ministry going, their payroll going, their staff going, keep the thing they've been doing for so long going. But that's that's not going to work, you know. This is not your father's Oldsmobile. This is yeah. not your father's Oldsmobile. This is this is not the the Jesus movement that we experienced 50 years ago is not going to have the power to make up the hill that we're in right now. <clears throat> we need fresh power, fresh vision, fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit from the Lord, the promise of the Father. Wow. And that's why I think wow. it's it's so important that we look back with fondness and we draw on it. And even now there is being glorified in Jesus music movies and all that, you know, and, and uh, you know, I've personally yeah. seen it. I haven't yeah, seen it yet that really got my attention because it, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't capture the spirit. Yeah. It captures. No, I think, maybe I think a lot of that. Yeah. I think a lot of that ball is, is like a, uh, I wrote a catch about this a couple of days ago that uh, I saw it. Uh, Ray Stedman, our, uh, my, my pastor used to say that uh, when God moves, he starts with a man and then it becomes a movement and then it turns into a machine yep. <laughs> and then it becomes a monument. And There's, I think we're at the monument go. stage of the Jesus move. I think those movies and all that stuff, let's, let's build a monument. You know, I mean, Peter, yeah. remember Peter and those guys came down with Jesus. They'd seen Moses yeah. and Elijah and Jesus. And Peter immediately yeah, let's goes, build, let's, let's build, build a, a monument. Let's, <laughs> let's build a monument right here. People right know, here. let's build right it. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that's, 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 that's the natural response of flesh. Yep. You know, yep. To build a monument to what we do, which look at the well, Tower of Babel is the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. The build Tower of Babel was the ultimate monument did. of the day, you know. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. build. We'll be like God, you know. We'll we'll so, build this great tower and be one people, you know. So, so what we so we want to get to where it is. We want to get to where we want to be where God is doing something new and fresh right now, where the Spirit is alive, and and uh, you know that that's that's a little scary because it's it, it's not clearly laid out, you know. But well, one think, thing is clear. One thing it is clearly laid out, and that's that without love you are nothing. And Jesus yeah. is really clear. He has mm-hmm. two new commandments, and they're based Amen. on agape love. And mm-hmm. we know that the power. I can walk out my front door in this little town of Herman, and I, when I moved here, I was told, "Well, don't be discouraged if you don't make friends for four or five years." It's a, you know, four or five generation German families that came here in the eighteen hundreds, and and they they're all very conservative and draw themselves. And I was here less than a couple of months, and people were stopping me in the street going, how come you already know everybody, you know? <laughs> that's, that's not my personality or some, you know, marketing trick I knew. Just, yep. I, I'm, full of, I'm full of agape love, and people cannot resist agape love. Not my love, not my intention or mm. my desire to do that, but when truly, it's truly God's agape love, people are drawn to that, especially right now when people are so full of fear. What's the opposite of fear? Love. So, yeah. so you say, how can we prepare ourselves? We have to be full of agape love, not just good intentions or good marketing plan or what sounds like love or looks like love or is portrayed as love, but true substance, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why are supplements so important today? I take 15 supplements every morning. Why is that? Because the food we're eating now is not as rich in nutrients as what my mm-hmm. grandparents did. You know, they got out of the garden, beets for beets. They weren't, you know, a dehydrated version, frozen 
GMO. They're, it's, so spiritually, it's the same thing. You know, we we need the Holy Spirit and His purity and His power, not just little supplements of you can't live on supplements. They can they can they can help support it. And you see that word all the time. You know, immune support. They'll never mm-hmm. say immune yeah. cure. Yeah. It's just immune support. You know, and that's you know, a lot of people are living on immune supports or living on mm-hmm. supplement support, but it's not support's not enough. You have to have constitution uh and grit, you know, to to digest, to have the power to do whatever you're gonna do for that day, you know. This is yeah. so important in our world today right now because there's just not, for some reason, there's not the power that comes from the agape love. You meet Man, somebody I, who's full of agape love, you don't forget yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And it's also, and one other thing too, It's and this is, again, something that is relevant to the one world government versus one body of Christ, is that True people that have truly have agape love, you know it right away. I can meet a stranger, I mean, to me, a stranger, a believer who's full of agape love. This very house I'm working on right now, this old 1913 house, I got out of my car and saw this lady, my wife and I, Heidi, saw this lady in the front yard with a weed eater. I said, are you the gardener or the owner? She goes, both. And then I got about 10 feet away from her. And once <laughs> I made eye contact with her, I just walked straight up to her, cold call, hugged her. Just total cold call. I just give her a big old bear hug. I said, you're full of the Holy Spirit. She goes, yes, I am. Praise the Lord. And it instantly game was on because she's full of agape love. I've got agape love. And we're yeah. joined together by agape love. And that kind uh, of power is irresistible. It's irresistible. People want that kind of love. They don't want to live in a world of fear. They want to be full of assurance and full of that agape love. That's what really makes you. And you can sustain the evil that way. You can come mm-hmm. up against all these evil forces and you just go, hey, pff, God's loving wow. me. What, what can what can happen? What can separate me from that love? Nothing, you know. Wow. Nothing. Paul, oh, this is so great. And guess what? Our time is up. But it always is. It's like, a, ended, like a long burp, and it's over. We we. <laughs> but we ended right where we needed to end. I mean, that's so good. I was thinking the same thing today. You know what? What is it that that we give to the world? And and actually, I wrote it this morning. Jesus and love, you know that that's it. And and I even suggested let's do love first, so that when yes. people want to know why are you being so kind to me, then we tell them about Jesus. <laughs> right, that's true. If we uh, don't have love, we have nothing. Literally, that's, we love. know that to be true. Yeah, so, amen. Yes. And that's. And love, cool. and one thing about that love, I know we got to, I know we got to go, but that one last thing about that love is that that love has to be renewed. You can't live on yesterday's love from 50 years ago. It has to be yeah. renewed all the time. You know. Yeah. But that's also, I'm thinking, what will take us outside the camp? That's absolutely. Yeah. That's only going to penetrate that that the hard hearts and the hard mm-hmm. the hardness of heart and the hardness of peoples that are out there right now. The only thing that's going to penetrate them is love. You know, the only yeah. thing. They'll they'll go toe to toe with you on your intellectual, you know, arguing, political arguing, religious arguing, whatever. They'll go toe to toe with you all day long. They they will not tire. You know, in fact, they'll they're like termites. They'll just keep digging and biting into you all they can. <laughs> nothing can stand against the power of God's love. Wow. Paul, thank you once again 
This was oh, fun. It's always a and, joy. Yeah. It won't be it won't be the last time and uh uh I'm just glad glad we're working together. And uh Yeah, let's... amen. And yeah. and I, I just always want to commend you, John, to your I wake up and sometimes the day when I read the cats I go, How does a guy every morning get up and do this? You know, I mean every day is and not not every, it doesn't have to be a, a home run every time. Singles are good, you know, move the man, advance <laughs> the runner, you know. <laughs> Uh, but every day, you know, to, for the discipline for you to get to do that is, is a testimony to calling, which we talked about in the past one time, mm-hmm. but calling mm-hmm. and also the power of the Holy Spirit and the love. You, you have the love to do this. So yeah. that's why I come in you on your show here and the, and the catch. You know, just, it's, uh, Thank you. It's a wonderful thing to do. So I get fed by it. And if you're out there and you're a catch listener, support John. We're doing it. What do you think? Amen. Thank you so much, Paul. Well, well, you're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio. Definitely have to get life to faith. That's great. To get it together. God bless. To God bless. Love you, John. Love you, everybody out there. Thank you. Hoping we can make it better. Up to you. Do you really think See you.